Little man, big change. Who is Zacchaeus? That was the question we asked during class. I'm going to ask it again. Um, but I'm going to make some declarative statements. Uh, I'll, I'll try to shy away from those that are purely opinion. I, I, I don't want to be assumptive, but if I, if I step into that and, and you think differently, you are welcome to come and speak with me and, and um, let's, let's talk. Because the fact, the, the fact of um, Zacchaeus, was he, he's a bigger guy than I am. That's for sure. Maybe not physically, I don't know. I think I'm going to find out when we get there. But real quick, let's read Luke chapter 19, the first 10 verses. Just 10 verses. Bear with me, open those Bibles. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. I'm reading from the NASB, uh, if it matters to you. So if it reads different than yours, um, just, just struggle through it with me. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. He entered Jericho. He, Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was and was unable because of the crowd, for he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree, and in order to see him, for he was about to pass through that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. And he hurried and came down and received him gladly. When they saw it, they all began to grumble, saying, He's gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So let's... Let's start with, with the basics. Who is Zacchaeus? Who does this say Zacchaeus was? Well, in verse 2, he says that Zacchaeus was a man. He was a chief tax collector. We all know... Oh, what, how, do, how does the, the song go? Let me just play dumb for two seconds. Somebody, somebody say it. How, how does the... Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we might need to sing that here in a few minutes. <laughs> we all know that, and that's usually where it stays. We, we know Zacchaeus, he's a short guy. You know, un unfortunately, short people tend to be the brunt of a lot of jokes. I'm not going to have a whole lot of that, but um, I, I have been guilty of, of saying to um, shorter coworkers, you know, especially when I hit my head, that, well, they make ladders for you guys, but they don't make holes for me, right? <laughs> but we can't just leave Zacchaeus in the kid's Sunday school room. It's important to teach him about him, but 
we need to look at who Zacchaeus was and why he's special to us, because he is, especially as adults in this day and age. In Zacchaeus' day, though, many in Jericho would probably argue that he was a traitorous dog, like less than human, subhuman, like not a good guy. Do you find it ironic, then, that his name actually means and is defined as righteous one? See, this unwholesome reputation comes from the fact that he was a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector. He had been doing this for a long time, and he was good at it. He did it well. I say he did it well because we also see that he was a rich man. This verse tells us he was a rich man. Well, back then, you didn't have the IRS, so to speak. You didn't have this convoluted tax system with layer upon layer and, you know, you ever seen a mind map where it has the bubble and three options to go this? Yeah, you know how the tax system works. Mind maps are simpler. And, and, and you didn't have that back then. What you actually had, though, was the allowance that the tax collector, and maybe even the expectation, that he would skim some off the top, that he would take for his own your money. It was, a, it was just a part of a broken system. It was a horrible elephant in the room. Everybody knew it. Tax collectors regularly overcharged people and lined their coffers with the skimmed extras. But he was a rich man. He was a short man. He was small in stature. Physically, he didn't, he just, not a big deal, really. Um, but when he knocked on your door, it was going to be a tall order. Can you imagine if this is how the IRS worked in our country? It'd be a little, I mean, talk about the blood pressure going up. You hear that peeking through the window. Oh boy, it's the tax man. He had a reputation in verse 7. He had a reputation of being a sinner. See, to the Jews, not only was he a traitor because he worked for the oppressors, the Romans, they gossiped about him. He was not a righteous one. He was anything but righteous. He, he was against his own people because he was for the Romans. I feel safe to say that because of this, and this is in the matter from the book of opinions, okay, but he was a lonely man. Because often when we, when we steal from our brothers and sisters, they tend to come back at you with their teeth. You know, they don't, they don't necessarily want you around. <laughs> And, and you're not necessarily in a position where you should turn your back on those that you have stabbed in the back. Does that make sense? I feel safe to say he was a lonely man. But often, um, with, with uh, much solitude, comes introspection. You look inward when you're by yourself a lot. You know, verse 8 shows us that he was a contrite man. Because in verse 8, he makes a promise. He had a 
penitent, repentant attitude. And and, and in a few moments, we're going to look at the actions that Zacchaeus took that proved this. But Zacchaeus knew that at a bare minimum, in the eyes of others, he had wronged them. You know, he at, at a bare minimum. And I would say that he at least does what wise Job does for his own children in the Old Testament, where Job says, if my children have sinned, I'm going to make this sacrifice on their behalf. What Zacchaeus does here is he says, if I have wronged others, if I have wronged anyone, extorted, stolen from them, taken what is not mine and put it into my bank account, if I have done that, I'm going to pay them back fourfold. I'm going to give them four times the amount that I stole. See, I don't think you come to this conclusion without a little introspection and looking inward. He was a contrite man. I, I tend to wonder, you know, and, and we can't decide definitively, but do you think he lost sleep at night over this? Thinking of maybe the little grandma that he had, he had taken, you know, three out of the four silver coins that she had. Do you think, do you think he, he got indigestion when, when he remembers the face of all those children from, from the woman whose husband had died? I wonder. I wonder if, if it bothered him knowing that he had extorted or, or, or at least was hated by his neighbors, you know, while he lived around the corner in the lap of luxury as a rich man. This point in Zacchaeus' life, he, he was certainly a contrite man. So we know he's a rich man, he's a flawed man, he's a selfish man. But in verse 9, in verse 9, we see that he's a saved man. How? How does this wee little man, you know, a not-so-righteous man, this chief tax collector, become saved? How, how is this big change, how has this come about? Well, let's ask this question. Because there's reason in, in the Scripture, these ten verses themselves, that, that we should ask, well, what was Zacchaeus doing? What are we shown that, what are the actions that he's taken? Well, I'm going to give you four little points. It's not, it's not going to be like an academic, uh, all-encompassing thing, but four little points that Zacchaeus is doing that lead to Jesus declaring salvation has come to this house, that Zacchaeus is accepted. He is seeing he is standing, he is seeking, and he is supplying the sacrifice. Zacchaeus is doing all these things. Let's back up to verse 3. Zacchaeus is trying to see Jesus. And not just see him, because there's a big show. Jesus, uh, his, his fame is growing. There's this crowd. 
shown in this context. He, he's done some things, remarkable things. If you read uh, chapter 18, just before, he, he's miraculous things are happening when this Jesus passes through. So you've got a really kind of a, a celebrity coming through town. But that's not Zacchaeus's motivation. Zacchaeus wants to see who Jesus is. This is repeated in verses 3 and 4. But he's failing at it. He's failing because of the crowd. He's failing because he's short. But Zacchaeus doesn't let that stop him. He, he knows that where he's standing won't get him what he wants. So, like everybody else, you know, he moves himself to see this Jesus. So, in verse 3, wanting to know who Jesus is because of this rumor, this reputation that Jesus carries, Zacchaeus continues to try. And it's, it's important to say that it's not this, this idea of who Jesus is. It's not, it's not just that he's a, a great rabbi or teacher. Because you, you've heard, you've, you've heard he, he healed somebody, right? Did you hear about that? You, is it, he's a miracle worker. But he's not, it's, it's not just that he's a miracle worker either. Because, you know, we do have, we, we are oppressed. And we, we are having a hard time as a people. We, maybe he's like, maybe he's like those judge liberators that we have in our, our Jewish history. Maybe, maybe he's going to free us. Because I, I don't see a way out of ever being anything but poor or oppressed. Maybe he's not just a miracle worker. Maybe he's, maybe he's a liberator. Well, you know what though? Maybe he's not just a lawful liberator. Maybe, because we, we, we have, I, I mean, I, I, I saw the guy in the, the temple space. He, he was 40 years old and he'd never walked. And he's dancing around. And, and I saw that. Maybe, maybe he's going to free us like that as a people. Wouldn't that mean he's our king? Could he be the Messiah? Could he, could he be the savior that we've been expecting? Could he be the completion of all the prophecies that we've, that we've been taught since we were a kid? Is that this Jesus? Is he the one? Is he the one that's going to set us free and make us a whole people? Are you excited? Because I, I gotta find a way to see him. See, that's that's Zacchaeus's attitude. He's ready for a savior. He he doesn't just stay in the back of the crowd and say, "I'm a short guy. God made me this way. Excuse me. Sorry." He doesn't do that. He doesn't just shrug his shoulders and give up. No, what Zacchaeus does, he's, he finds a precipice. 
a high point, a higher, a higher, physically higher place to give him a different perspective so that he can get what he wants. He wants to know who Jesus is. Is this the Jesus that we've been waiting for? Is this, is this the one? He gets it in spades. What we see him doing is standing next. Second thing that we see him doing. He's standing. And, and what I mean by standing in verse 4, uh, you know, because it says climbing and he's running. What I really mean by standing is that he's using his own two feet. He's not standing still. He's doing whatever he had to do to find Jesus on his own two God-given feet. He's running ahead of the crowd. He's, he's climbing above the crowd. You know, he climbs into this sycamore tree. He finds this high point. He gains the perspective that he would not have had otherwise had he not done this. He changes his locale, if you will. I believe the crowd was probably a dangerous place for a man in his profession. So this tree offers both safety and good box seats for the game, if you want to go there. But again, I don't think he wanted to see the spectacle. He wanted to know who Jesus was. So important. Zacchaeus stands in the way where he knows Jesus is going through. He finds where he can intercept, where he can intersect with Jesus. And he puts himself there, very intentionally, planning ahead. And it works. You see, that's what we see him doing in verses 3 through 8. Um, we see Zacchaeus seeking. That's the third thing. We, we see him looking for, trying to see him, who he is. In verse 3, let's, let's just count the action words, okay? We'll just count the action words. Four out of these ten verses contain eight, I believe, eight action words that Zacchaeus takes trying to see who Jesus is. Verse 3, he's trying to see who Jesus is. Trying, right? In verse 4, he's running, he's climbing. Then in verse 6, you can see that he hurried and he came and he received. In verse 8, you can see Zacchaeus stops. And he speaks. Some translations only have Zacchaeus stood. But there's actually two verbs here that are translated. But he takes all these actions. It's important because this is where our getting to know Zacchaeus is going to help us. This is where we can apply and, and use this. This is where we... We, we can come to the appreciation that this isn't just a, a kid's Bible Sunday school story. You know? It's a great song, by the way. I, I love the song. But in, in, in these four little verses, there's a lot of effort 
on his part. You know, and Zacchaeus, what he didn't do was let his stature, his reputation, maybe even his emotional state, he didn't let his flaws, he didn't let his wealth, he didn't let his standing before the Roman government or the opinion of the public, he didn't let any of that hold him back. No, he was going to see who Jesus was, he was going to figure it out, and that's really all we're given. That's as far as we can see that Zacchaeus has taken it. I think Zacchaeus gets more than he bargained for. But this is where we also come to realize that the fourth point, Zacchaeus is supplying the sacrifice. He stops and he says to the Lord, now real quick, not to distract, but whether he stopped while they're walking down the road to his house or, they, or he stopped while they're eating, which is actually what, what I think they're doing because in the prior verse it says he, re he, he, he received him, he received Jesus. So I, I think, you know, this is very truncated. There's a lot going on here. But whatever they're doing, Zacchaeus stopped. And he says to the Lord, he makes a promise. He says, behold, I'm going to take care of the poor now. I'm not going to rip people off anymore. I'm going to change. I know that, and this is me imagining, you know, the character of Zacchaeus. They, they made fun of me for so long for being so short and so little. I, I said, I'm going to show them. I'm going to become a tax collector. You watch. They'll regret this. They'll rue the day. And boy, did they. He did make them pay. Literally. I don't know if that's true. I couldn't. That's all conjecture. But the value in seeing that he stops the fanfare after receiving Jesus into his home and into his life. And he says, I'm going to change. And I'm going to help others. You know, that's, that's a little man and a huge change. And, and, and not only that, that's a little man becoming a very big man. Taking on taking on so much. Let's read what Zacchaeus says. Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor, and if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. And Jesus replies in verse 9. He says, Today, Salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. I'll close with some questions. If you and I were Zacchaeus, and let's call the crowd the world, Okay, let's make it metaphorical. I'm not saying it necessarily is. But let's, let's play with me real quick. 
Where's Zacchaeus? The crowd is the world. If that's the case, are we are we standing before the Lord? And by standing, remember, I mean we're using our own two feet. We're doing whatever we have to do to, to run ahead of the world, to, to, to climb above the world. Are we trying to get around the world? It's a, it's a big question, and I, I, could, I, I really wish I was better at making it specific to every single one of you. You have to do that. Are we standing? before the Lord in this way, the way that we see Zacchaeus. He, he wanted to see, he wanted to know who Jesus was. He's seeking that. Will we supply the sacrifice? Because that's actually what is sought here. And I'm not saying sought or sought out by Zacchaeus, I'm saying by Jesus. Jesus reacts here because his own name means God saves. And salvation has come to this house. Is how it reads. Jesus is saying, I am God. Because his name literally means God is salvation. Salvation has come to this house. And Zacchaeus is a son of Abraham. He declares because of his obedience and adherence to the law, this, this paying back and, and this repentance. This is a wonderful sacrifice. Do we realize that we are sought in this way? That you and I are sought out by Jesus? That should we stand, should we run ahead and climb above and, and ne neglect the world and stop, stop extorting those around us? If we would do that, then when Jesus does pass by, he will call our name. He'll know our name. Will we give like Zacchaeus? Or will we cling to our riches? Will we, will we keep up our sneaky ways? Will we put ourselves, our lives, our reputation, our wealth, even our health, which I... It's so rare that, that I could ever see that God would <coughs> ask for that. But he may. Would we put those things on the line for King Jesus? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Oh, what a big change. What a big change from such a small person. If the Lord is coming to your house today, tonight, are you ready? Do you have it in your mind what you're going to do to make amends in a way that's pleasing to the Lord? In a way that when the world sees you, that it glorifies God? That it, that it sends a message that, that God deserves our loyalty?
that God deserves not just our loyalty, but our, our love. How does the Shema read in Deuteronomy 6, chapter 4? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Zacchaeus achieves this and is declared a child of Abraham. Will you and I be children of Abraham in the new Israel? Is our faith in word and in deed? We want to be like Zacchaeus. At least from, from the perspective of, you know, he's sitting there eating with Jesus. We want Jesus to find us seeking him. We want Jesus to know our name so that we can welcome him into our home. If you have needs, if you have questions, no matter how hard it is, I am speaking um, now from a personal vantage point. I, sometimes I hate standing up here because it, yeah, let me, let me change where I stand. <laughs> if, if you have questions about how to be saved, if you, if you know and you, you want to make a pledge to the Lord, if you just if you have concerns and you want prayers I invite you now as we stand up and sing to the Lord to, to come forward or actually how about this I'll meet you in the back and we can talk about what you need let us help you as a congregation of the Lord as we stand and as we sing